It has been said that nothing in life is certain except death and taxes. And while there's an element of truth in that, in that thought that there is a lot of uncertainty in the earth, and we know that from the events that have been taking place, yet there's also a certainty that a Christian can have, that as a disciple of Jesus Christ, we can have a certainty that in no matter what situation we face, we know that God is with us. And while we don't always know the outcome, we can rest in that certainty. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 8.31, If God be for us, then who can be against us? And I want to look at another psalm with you that illustrates this thought of having a certainty in God. And this is Psalm 56. It was one that was written by King David. But what is significant about this psalm is what it says in that it was written when uh, the Philistines had captured him and he was in prison. So here is David captured and a prisoner of his enemies. And he writes this psalm. And so let's read this together in Psalm 56, verses 1 and 2. Starting in verse 1, it says, Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresses me. My enemies would daily swallow me up, for there be many that fight against me, O thou most high. And so David is in a very uncertain situation. Not only is he running from King Saul, who's trying to kill him, but his enemy, the Philistines, have found him and put him in prison. But what makes David such a remarkable person is that in the midst of that uncertainty, of that danger, he's able to look to the Lord and gain a different perspective. It's as if he's able to look to heaven and gain a certainty that no matter what the situation he's facing, God is with him. He continues on in, in Psalm 56 and then in verses 3 and 4. He says, At what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. What a trust David has in God. In the natural, the Philistines have power over him. He's in their prison. But he also knows that in reality, they have no power over him because he is in the hands of God. And so he can declare, I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. And this is what I believe God desires to do in each of our lives, to give us a certainty, a sure hope that God is with us and we're in his hands. I think of some of the great saints in scripture and how they depicted this certainty. You know, we can think of Job, who went through many difficulties. He had lost everything, his possessions, his family. He had been afflicted in his body. His wife told him to curse God and die. And then his friends came and told him it was all his fault. It was, it was a very deep trial that he was in. But even in the midst of this, there was something that Job was able to hold on to. And he said this in Job 19, verses 25 and 26. He said, For I know that my Redeemer lives, 
and he shall stand at at last on the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. Job didn't know what was going to happen to him in his trial. But there was something he was certain about. He knew that there would come a day when he would stand before the Lord and he would see him in person. But he had to look beyond his present situation. He had to look and see what was to come in God. And he found something he could hold on to. Some other examples in Scripture were the three friends of the prophet Daniel. In Daniel chapter 3, we read about how King Nebuchadnezzar built a statue and he commanded everyone to come and, and bow down to it and worship. And the consequence, if they didn't, is they would be thrown into the fiery furnace. But Daniel's three friends would not bow down. So they were brought before the king, and the king said, I'll give you one more opportunity. Just bow down to my image, and you'll live. And I love their response to the king. They said in Daniel 3.16, they said, We are not careful to answer you in this matter. They didn't care what the king said or what he was threatening because their eyes were on the Lord. Their heart was set on honoring the king of kings. And so they replied to King Nebuchadnezzar. And they said this in Daniel 3 and verse 17. They said, if that is the case, or if we're cast into the fire, our God who we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship your golden image which you have set up. I want us to notice something here about Daniel and his three friends. They were not scared of the king and of his threats because they had confidence in something. But their confidence was not that they would be delivered out of this perilous situation. They didn't know. It was uncertain. But they declared to the king that God certainly could deliver them, and they had faith that God was more than able, but they did not have a word from God that they would be delivered. And so they declared to the king, even if we're not delivered, we will not bow down to your image. Sometimes God can give us a word about a situation we're in, and that's so wonderful. His faith is a substance in our heart, and we can trust in his word. But quite often, we can face situations without a word from the Lord, without knowing the outcome. And what do we have? Well, we have hope. And it's the hope that Daniel's friends displayed. They hoped that God would deliver, would deliver them from this situation, but they were not declaring that God would do so when they didn't know. But they hoped he would. And it's okay to hope in God for deliverance from situations. But their hope was not in the situation. Their hope was in God. It's like it says in, in Hebrews six nineteen that that hope is an anchor for the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters within the veil. When we place our hope in God, that he is with us, 
that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. That hope becomes an anchor for our soul because that hope is sure and steadfast. And it will lead us within the veil so that we can dwell in his presence. And when we live by this hope, it will cause us to dwell in his presence in this life, but also in the life to come. Now, coming back to this thought of David in the prison of the Philistines, he went through many difficult situations. And we know from reading the whole account of the scriptures that God was doing a work in his life. God was preparing him to become king and to lead Israel and to cause them to conquer all their enemies and to lead Israel into a time of rest from their enemies. But that time of preparation was very intense. He, Going back to Psalm 56 and then reading in verse 8, it says, You have kept count of my wanderings. You have kept count of my wanderings. And it's the thought that David spent a lot of time wandering in the desert, learning to trust in God from experience to experience. And then he says this. He says, you put, put my tears in your bottle. Have not you recorded them in your book? And here we have a wonderful thought that God knows and understands the experiences we go through and it's recorded. And it's as if David has shed many tears in crying out to God to deliver him, to preserve him, not to let him be destroyed by his enemies. And David is indicating that the Lord knows and records everything we go through, even our tears as we cry out to him. They will not be forgotten. The prophet Jeremiah, he saw and experienced many different things in his ministry as well. In fact, he's often referred to as the weeping prophet because he warned Israel of judgments and that they would go into captivity, and he shared that with many tears. But in the midst of this prophecy, God spoke something to Israel that must have also been a great comfort to Jeremiah. And he said this in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. He said, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts and peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. That's God's purpose. In the midst of our tears, God wants to give us an expectation and an assurance that his thoughts towards us are continually of peace and not of evil. We might go through evil situations, but that's not our end. God has declared that he has an expectation for us, an expected end. And it is a glorious one. Then back in verse 9 of Psalm 56, we see David's confidence in the Lord. He says, My enemies will retreat when I call on you. This has been my experience because God is with me. Now, David is still relatively young at this point in his life, but his experience has been that God is with him. And that, as he as he rests in that certainty, as he trusts in God, and as he walks in his way, he can have that confidence. And it says, then my enemies will flee. 
And David had this certainty throughout his whole life, starting when he was a young shepherd boy. When the lion and the bear attacked his flock, he was not afraid to fight because he knew that God was with him. And when he had to face Goliath, he had that same confidence and expectations. In fact, David replied this to Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. In verse 45, he said, You came to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. See, David knew he was in a much stronger position than this giant of a Philistine, even though Goliath had great natural strength. But David had something else. He came in the name of the Lord. And that is the secret to power in the Christian life. We will be so much stronger than our enemies when we come in the name of the Lord of hosts. But the question arises, how can we make that our position in life? How can we stand in that assurance against our spiritual enemies? Well, the Bible has a lot to say about this, but I want to focus on just two things. The first is seen in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2. The Apostle Paul says, Set your affections on things above and not on things in the earth. And so the Apostle Paul is telling us to set our affections, our desires, our hopes and ambitions on what is certain. And what is that? It's the things that are from above, the things of the kingdom of God, because those things are eternal. There are truths and experiences that God desires to give to us. He wants us to experience in this life, and they will carry over to the next. In reality, that's what really matters in life. It has been said that we can only take two things with us to the next life. The first is what God has done in our heart, the things that he has done to change us, to make us more like him. Those things will carry over. And the second are the good things we have done for God and for other people in loving our neighbor. All right? Jesus said we are to love God and to love our neighbor as ourself. And in doing that, we fulfill the law of God. But to do that, we have to set our affections and our heart on the things that are above and not below. One example of the things that are below could be money. You know, Paul said this in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 17. He said, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded or trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. And so Paul is saying, we are not to set our affections and our trust on uncertain riches because it, because it is from below. Now, it's not that having money is the bad thing, but it's placing our trust and affection in that money. We can't take it with us, but not only that, if we set our heart upon obtaining earthly riches, it can turn our heart from obtaining heavenly riches. But our money is just one example. You can really fill in the blank 
because there are many things in life that can distract us from focusing on what really matters, from the things of the kingdom of God. And so we need to cry out to God, Oh Lord, help me to focus on what really matters in life. Let my affections be set on what is above, on the things of your kingdom. Now, there's just one more thing I want to mention about standing in the certainty of Christ. Because it is one thing to hear and to understand what matters in life. But what is really essential is that we obey and walk in that way. It says this in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3. <clears throat> it says, Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. And by this, we know that we are in him. You know, what gives us that certainty more than anything else so that we can know that we are in him is when we do his will, is when we follow his word and his direction for our lives. It gives us such wonderful confidence and assurance because we, are, we know we are in the hand of God. You know, King Saul, who was David's adversary, he eventually lost his crown and his position as king as well as his life. But it all stemmed back to earlier in his reign when he only partially obeyed the Lord. You see, Saul set his affections on what the people thought of him, and that caused him to do what the people wanted instead of what God wanted. And it caused a very sad end for him. But David set his heart upon the Lord, even though he was not perfect. He had times when he stumbled. But yet that's what is encouraging about his life. Though he stumbled, he was always able to set his eyes back upon the Lord, upon what really mattered in life. And the Lord lifted him up. So he was able to declare in the final verse of Psalm 56, in verse 13, he said, For you have de delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling, so that I may walk before God in the light of the living. That is God's plan and purpose for us, to deliver us from stumbling in uncertainty, so that we will walk in the light of his presence, of his glory because our certainty is found in him. And so let's remember the example of King David, who when he was afraid, learned to develop a trust and a certainty in the Lord, because he knew if God was for him, who could stand against him? But in doing so, let us set our eyes and our affection on the things that are above and set our hearts on doing the will of God there will be different difficult experiences, but God is there with us, capturing every tear to give us an expected end. I would like to close with the words of the Apostle Paul in Philippians 1 and verse 6, where he said, Being confident of this very thing, 
that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God bless you.